right. Well, this is very exciting. First in-person episode. First in-person episode. As you can see, we're still under uh, high, house isolation, mm -hmm. social distancing. We're going overboard, going eight feet about instead of six feet because that's how we roll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this way, my spit doesn't travel all the way across the table here. Exactly. It's all so about spit travel. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's good. So welcome to uh, Optimistic Realist MD. Mm -hmm. uh, I said this is very exciting. This is our first in-person recording. Much less awkward. Yeah. Talking to a screen. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we, we also have, uh, we're right here in my backyard. We even set up some flowers, you know, to make the backdrop a little prettier. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, it's not my doing, but uh, I'm going to take credit for it anyway. Take total credit for it. Yeah. They'll never know. Yeah, so we're going to talk about a very exciting topic today. Yeah, um, just kind of generalized nutrition and what many of you probably have seen, you know, just out there. In society, there's a lot, a lot more overweight people getting these, you know, diseases that are right. related to diet, and we're just going to kind of see, you know, what's going on out there and discuss why we think it's happening and what we could do to yeah correct and, it. And even in uh, you know being in practice for 12 years is over the years you see there are more and more people, and unfortunately, younger and younger people are coming in now with chronic metabolic conditions. What's your youngest? Uh, now I think we're seeing people starting in their twenties. Wow! You know, but the, but the uh, but the trend is that now is we're starting to see type two diabetes as the more dominant diabetes in children. Yeah. You know, type one diabetes used to be called juvenile onset because you would only see it in kids. And it's usually genetic based too. Well, right? to a certain extent. Yeah. But 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 now we're seeing that with um, this epidemic of uh, obesity is that now we're seeing more. Um, type 2 diabetes in children. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's pretty much overtaken type 1 diabetes as the dominant form of diabetes in children. And that's probably because it relates directly to diet and obesity. That's right. Cool, isn't it? Yeah. right, right. So it has a lot to do with the lifestyle. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, what, what, what brought up this topic was uh, I was reading the New England Journal of Medicine. This was from December 2019. Um, and this was a special article on the projected U.S. state-level prevalence of adult obesity and severe obesity. So it's, it's very, uh, well, what's, what's very eye-opening as well as uh, disturbing to a certain sense. But what it says is that with this model that they've implemented is that they see a, by 2030, one in two adults will have obesity. So this is defined as a body mass index or BMI of over 30%. Okay. And one in four adults, so about 25% of the population, will have severe obesity by 2030. Which is crazy. Yeah, so this is defined as a body mass index of over 40% in people without chronic conditions or 30% in people with heart disease or diabetes or n any other chronic metabolic conditions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it looks like this number is only going to rise further and further as, uh, as time goes on. So, well, I guess one good thing is this is job security for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way you could look at it. <laughs> but yeah. you and I have even discussed, too, just even like, you know, the fact that they don't teach basic nutrition at medical school. And 
this is something that could easily be, you know, treated through basic healthy lifestyles. Yeah, so so there are many many factors that go into this. You know, there's a lot of historical factors about, um, you know, this, uh, uh, and I guess we'll go into more detail later, is this whole uh, concept of eating low fat. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a concept that started in the 40s and sort of propagated, and it's probably reached its peak around like 70s or 80s that all of a sudden Americans are into this low fat craze. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it was believed, and this was even supported by the American Heart Association, that eating fat or having a diet that's high in fat, uh, regardless whether it's good fat or bad fat, is a diet high in fat will contribute to heart to disease. cardio heart yep. heart disease yeah. or cardiovascular complications. Yep. So so th- so this is why during those years, through those decades, is that all of a sudden we end up in a culture of um, uh, low, low fat. yeah low fat. Yeah. And yeah. the thing with that is when you take fat out of the food, there's no flavor. So they right. replace it with sugar. Right. Give it flavor. Right, right. So if you take fat out of do. Right. So if you yeah. take fat out of food, it tastes terrible. Mm-hmm. So in order to make up for this is that they still ha- they, they have to add in more simple carbohydrates and sugar to make it more fla- uh, flavorful. So and weird chemicals. Right. Yeah. So it's a artificial fa- flavoring so people would actually eat it. Yep. And I, I, I think during this process is that now we're, we're a society where we're eating a very high-carbohydrate diet. You know, I would agree, which, yeah. which may be fueling this whole epidemic of weight gain, obesity, morbid obesity, uh, which ultimately leads to insulin resistance or what we call now call pre-diabetes mm-hmm. and, and type 2 diabetes. Yeah. And the thing, like I've actually read uh, a few articles too about how carbohydrates are addicting, you know, and then it's you get a little bit more of it, the brain wants more, and it, it's it's kind of like a, a snowball effect that. Yeah, so it's, it's this whole concept of uh, food addiction, yeah. which is very controversial subject, you know, very controversial topic, but um, but but we know that people are tied to the food mm-hmm. and. When you talk about taking somebody off their diet or switching their diet or switching their lifestyle, this is probably one of the biggest obstacles to overcome. I feel like, I mean, not to be like extreme, but certain people are so addicted to the lifestyle, the way they eat, that I think they'd rather die and just not make the changes and keep eating the way they do. Yeah, because it makes them feel happy and safe. Yeah. You know, like a lot of things that we do in life that we do, what we like doing that makes us feel happy is uh, food is one of those things. Um, I think a lot of people have emotional attachments to food. Oh, totally. And, and, and you could see is we celebrate with food. Um, You know, when people are born, you celebrate with food holidays, you celebrate with food funerals you celebrate with food so so you could see how our culture is uh definitely very, built around it right yeah right yeah. right or that culturally we're revolved around food yeah. as, as a way of uh you know of of just celebrating you mm-hmm. know being together but then that being said there's also smarter food choices you can make when you do get together and celebrate with food you know right. which i right. think a lot of people that's where they're mistaking or they just don't know they don't know what's better for them or good for them and not good for them. Yeah. So. Yeah. But food that are bad for you tastes so good. It does. It does. <laughs> 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 no, 
That's the problem. It tastes so good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was the opposite. <laughs> yeah, so going back to this obesity epidemic, so it's uh sort of this um uh, you know, the the shift in macronutrients over time due to uh I I don't want to call it shady science, but it's um uh, a lot of it's marketing too. Well, what's what's more theoretical, and yeah. and and there really wasn't any large randomized studies to to really look at this. It was just something that was observed, published, and then all of a sudden was adopted by society. Yeah. So so it's the shift of of increasing this carbohydrates and, and especially simple carbohydrates and sugar. Yeah. And in diet, and and the other thing too is. Um, with the change in the food industry, you know, um, there have been a lot of changes in terms of artificial flavoring, making food that's not as healthy for you, food that's more processed, tastes better. And, and lasts longer. Lasts longer yeah. and more addictive. Yep. You know, so and more convenient. So right, food right. convenience. I mean, we have more access to food now than we ever have. And all, I mean, just any typical fast food restaurant, it's, you know, it's fast food, but it's right. not healthy. Right. So. And, and every food item that's served for you, there's probably, you know, a couple hundred different iterations and they choose the one that either tastes the best or is the most addicting. And cheapest. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And they, and they try to make it, you know, of course it's, and, and that's the other thing is that cheap food is, uh, Cheap food is usually very highly caloric. Yep. Yep. You know, when you, when you go to a fast food restaurant and you get the you know the crispy fried chicken sandwich, you know, two for four dollars. Mm-hmm. I taste so good, but you know, again, it's highly caloric. It's highly processed. Yep. Um, it 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 does lead to different metabolic changes that would change the uh, that that would increase your risk for weight gain and obesity mm-hmm. yep yeah. um and and i always tell people is there's it's not a coincidence that food that is good for you is not addictive uh if you if you think about it's it it's true you, you know if you think about it i mean nobody feels threatened when you when you threaten to take away their broccoli yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well as i've i've spoken with you like i i've been a very clean eater for most of my life and yeah. like I like a lot of my food, and I right. think it tastes good. Right. So I, I still believe that it can actually become part of your lifestyle, that if you eat this food enough, you kind of acquire a taste for it, and then you start to like it like you would cheap bad food. You know, And well, even now, when I eat cheap bad food, it makes me feel awful afterwards. So it's... Well, well it's, it's, it, it's, it's interesting, this whole idea of sort of cleaning your palate, mm-hmm. you know, to starting to eat things that are more natural, that are better for you. And, and I, yeah, and I, and I, and I uh, encourage everybody to take this challenge is that to, for a period of a month, just eat non-processed food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get the vegetables, get the fruits, get the meat, you know, cook it yourself, make it yourself, you know, try to avoid. And, and, and what you'll find is that after a month, your taste bud changes. Oh, totally. Yeah. So you, so you actually start tasting food, more. Mm-hmm. you know, you know, like a peach will taste more than a peach. Yeah. And, and I think you, I think we replace taste buds like every three or four days about. Right. So over time, it's going to adapt to different stimulus and like that you're 
eating, right. and that's going to make you start to enjoy food. I mean, there's got to be a food that you probably like now that you hated as a kid. Yeah. Right? Like, I hated broccoli as a kid, and now I love it. Well, I eat everything now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I used to hate Brussels sprouts. I can't stand Brussels sprouts. I, but now I eat them. You know, I, I, you learn how to cook it, and yeah. now you taste all the different nuances. I mean, if not for anything, I mean, look at alcohol, for example. I, you know, I remember having having my first taste of beer when I was. I don't remember. I was say I, I was I was probably like four or five and I, I hated it I remember yeah, yeah. I, I I just happened to grab my my dad's beer and I tasted it and hated it yeah you know and 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 I, and, I, and, I, and I think that causes such such trauma that I never tried it again till college <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> uh. yeah but 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 then your 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 taste adapts but but if you start eating more to naturally is that if you try let's say you eat naturally for 30 days and then you try to go back to more processed food mm-hmm. or food with added sugar or corn syrup is sometimes the taste gets a little bit more overwhelming yeah like with sweets now i mean the i'm not really a big yeah. sweet guy like chocolate is like my biggest thing but right. i can't have stuff that's super sweet because it's just it's like overstimulating almost, right you know and there'll be times where if i have too much like on a big, uh holiday or something i actually get like sores on my tongue right because it's, like, it's probably just an overstimulated taste bud or something. Yeah, it's not yeah and it, it. it almost tastes a little bit too too much. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like uh, overpowering. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's actually a program called uh, The Whole 30. That That's that one book, uh, other book I told you about. Yeah, 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 you mentioned it. So it's about, it's like an elimination diet for 30, uh, yes, for about 30 days. And mm-hmm. you eliminate any potential trigger, like allergen, like no gluten, everything's freshly cooked, like no no added sugar for mm-hmm. a whole month. And then what you do is you start slowly reintroducing certain things in and seeing how it makes you feel. So let's say you start eating a little more bread, but it doesn't bother you. Okay, maybe gluten doesn't bother you. But then you right. introduce dairy and it right. messes your stomach up. All right, so maybe you should cut back on dairy. So yeah. that's an excellent thing that I think everyone should do. Yeah, and it's a, it's a good strategy. I think this uh, whole idea with uh, uh, elimination diets and um, – I. I Pretty sure if you go on the internet, um, there's a uh, it, they call the ultimate elimination diet. Mm-hmm. Where you just eat nothing but meat. It's called a carnivore diet. That's all you eat is animal meat and organ meat. Is bacon included? Bacon is included. Nice. I would do it then. <laughs> I would totally do it. But 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 they uh, but they encourage just eating meat because that's the ultimate elimination diet yeah because you're just eating pure protein and fat Mm -hmm. and then and then over time you know over time is that you start reintroducing food items back into your diet to slowly see how it affects you it sounds just like the whole 30 almost right a little more extreme but yeah yeah. so so it's the same idea with whole 30 yeah is eliminating it and then slowly uh adding it back and you know there's there's a lot of uh you know this whole concept of food allergy now, which I I don't know if it's really allergy or not. I think it's just certain foods your body does better, certain foods it doesn't. Like I just realized I can't have garlic, <laughs> <laughs> and the quantity I had last night. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, garlic. Are you not, I don't know. You should you should check to make sure you don't have any of those vampire genes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe you go out and suck blood at yeah. night. You know, the, <laughs> 
But, you know, with, with this whole uh, food allergy is you can't expect everybody to eat and digest food the same way. No, and that's know? why. And, and, and I think if you look at different cultures, how you're brought up, the type of food that you're used to eating, um, there, there are certain things your body processes better and there are certain things that your body doesn't process at all and may actually be uh, deleterious to your mm-hmm. to, to your well-being. That's why you really can't approach diet like a one-size-fits-all model. Right. You know, we were even talking about that with intermittent fasting and right. it works for some people and some people it just it doesn't work for. You know, They right. need to yeah. eat when they get up. Yeah, and, 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 and this is why the Whole30, the whole concept of Whole30 is to really read Reduce your diet down to the basics. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 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 reducing it down to what you would have eaten if you were still a hunter gatherer. Yep. Okay, so this includes you know your meats, your seafood, fish, your vegetables, nuts fruits. And seeds. Yeah, nuts and seeds. Yep. So 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 these are things you can find out in the wild. Yeah. That 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 you can eat in in its raw form. That's not in a package. Right, that's not in a package, <laughs> yeah. and 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 this is uh, supposedly this is what the human body was designed to eat, and, and then you just start introducing other things back into your, and in, into your system, you know, food items that you have to cook. Yeah. You know? So, for example, legumes. You you can't really eat legumes raw. Uh, yeah, at least a lot of them. You don't eat it in its natural state. Minus peanuts. Peanuts, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, or even peanuts. Yet, I don't think you really eat raw peanuts, right? Most of them. No, are no. I think peanuts you have to roast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So nuts you can eat raw. Yeah. Um, uh, but the other thing too is the um, like wheat products. Okay, no, no, nobody ever goes out to the field and just pick a stalk of wheat and chew on it. Yeah. Well, that that was my <laughs> whole biggest thing too. With like, if you even think about what bread and wheat products are made of, it's yeah. just a seed, right? right. And then. That seed is potentially, well, it's not potentially, it is a plant embryo that wants to grow into another plant. So it doesn't want to be eaten. So it's going to have chemicals on the outside seed coat that's going to protect it from being digested, essentially, you know? Right, right. But then you look at something like an apple, it tastes sweet, you know, it wants to be eaten. And you think about like a deer eating an apple out in the wild, it eats the whole thing, doesn't digest the seeds, poops the seeds out. Right. The poop is an excellent fertilizer else. and it grows in the tree right so it's so it's even the way things taste like yeah and was, our bodies know if something doesn't taste right we probably shouldn't be eating it right and yeah. I, and, I, and i was talking to a uh, a nutritionist too is that the, the way she sees it is that if you're only eating a diet that's high in carb items mm-hmm. okay so your bread your pasta your you know noodles your baked goods, okay? The, these are all basically you're replacing your whole nutrition with seeds because this is what wheat is. Wheat is just yep. seed that is ground up into a flour, and then you change that flour into other food items. Yeah, by adding extra stuff to make it palatable. Right. Extra so, ingredients usually. Right. So, so I think it's not that – I don't think wheat is – well, I think too much wheat is not – good for you but i i don't think naturally it's an evil product yeah uh, but you, you you still have to have a more balanced diet exactly because otherwise you're just going to replace your whole diet with these you know small number of seeds yeah and yeah and and this also brings up a, a interesting topic okay I, I, I ran to this paper and and this is one of the questions we have and i'll always have is 
is a calorie a calorie? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I sent this to you. I don't think so, but I'm, I'm pretty uh, familiar with it. So no, no, because yeah. I because I have to one up on you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to try that hard there. <laughs> it's a pretty easy feat. <laughs> Can't give you everything. I like, have to one up on you here. But 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 this whole concept is you know a is a calorie a calorie is the food item you eat. You know, let's say you eat 300 calories of of corn is that equivalent to eating 300 calories of broccoli or even nuts or skittles or skittles <laughs> okay yeah so um so so it turns out that you know a calorie is not a calorie because it, it, it all has to do with how your body processes yeah so what's interesting is that if you look at protein okay so uh protein it contains 5.65 calories per gram, okay, as opposed to carbohydrates, which contains 4.1 calories per gram. That's interesting because any textbook that I've read would say that carbs and protein are both four. So proteins are actually five per uh, gram. About. I mean, that's pretty close. You know, yeah. as, as compared to fat, fat is 9.4 yeah. Yeah. calories per gram. Yeah. Okay, so, so if you look at it, it's like, wow, if I eat a lot of fat, I'm going to gain a lot of weight. Well, then you have to look at uh, what they call the coefficient of, it, of, of uh, availability. Okay. Okay. What percentage of that calorie is available to you when you eat this item? And that you actually absorb. Right. Yeah. So if you look at carbohydrates, its coefficient of availability is 97%. Mostly all of it. Yeah. So basically you're absorbing almost all of it. Okay. As opposed to fat, which is 95%. Mm-hmm. And then protein is actually 92%. Oh, wow. Okay. So interesting enough is that if you look at a 2,000-calorie diet, okay, so if you look at a 2,000-calorie diet, what that means is in proteins, you would absorb about, so this is just simplifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just as a disclaimer, I I don't want to piss off all the nutritionists and everybody out there, but (laughs) I don't have a nutrition degree. But I'm only basing this off the paper. Yeah. So I don't want every. <laughs> so we get mad at the paper, not at him. All right. <laughs> so so if you look at the, you know, if you let's say you eat 2,000 calories of protein, mm-hmm. well, you're absorbing about 1840 of that. Okay. Okay, which means you lose 160 calories. Okay, uh, because you can't process it, or the energy that takes to process it is higher. Yeah. Okay, as opposed to fat, you would absorb 1900. And carbohydrates, you would absorb 1940, so 1,940 calories. It's only 60 calories you're not absorbing. Right. So, so if you look at it, is if you eat 2,000 calories of carbohydrates versus proteins, is you're absorbing uh, effectively 100 calories less in protein. That adds up. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and again, this is a very simplified view of it because it doesn't take into account the whole digestion process. And the and the other thing that goes into this too, in terms of calorie versus calorie, is you have to look at the fiber content. Yep. Okay. So, fiber. Um, how I explain this to my patient is that fiber either decreases or um, or slows down the absorption of sugar. And it helps you poop. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's good <laughs> for digestion, and 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 your gut flora loves it. Yeah, so if we're looking at eating fiber, for example, okay, so if you eat things that are very high in fiber content, 
Well, you're not absorbing the full calories. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I I think both both of us watched that uh, documentary, Fed Up. Yep. Yeah. So so it has a beautiful uh, demonstration. Is that if you eat a piece of candy, is that it goes right into the stomach, gets broken down, goes right into the intestine, and basically the whole thing gets absorbed as sugar, as opposed to if you eat an almond. Because a handful of, of nuts, yeah. Right, because yeah. of the higher protein, fat, and fiber content is that then it has to go into your small intestine. It gets absorbed. It gets processed through your 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 uh, digestive tract, and then you actually only absorb a certain percentage. And it's a slower release of energy into the body as right. well. So it's almost like I always compared it to like getting a um, like a vaccine or flu shot mm-hmm. to like an IV drip. So when you eat something that has to be like, you know, processed and right. has a lot of fiber and fats broken down slowly, that's a whole concept too. With like whole grain, they say that it doesn't spike blood sugar as much as white bread because right. it's got the fiber in it that right. kind of just drips sugar into your bloodstream so your body can use it when it's not just a one-shot thing where your body can't use yeah. it that quickly and just stores it as fat. Yeah, and that's the whole, that brings up the whole concept of glycemic index. Yeah. You know, yeah. we probably hear that. It's been thrown around in the that a lot. Uh, this whole idea of glycemic index is how much a food item will spike up your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for example, white bread is much higher. White, white bread is actually along the same line as eating pure sugar. Yeah, I've read that too. It's just like taking right tables sugar right, and right. just and, spooning and then, it in. Right, as a as opposed to you know like a piece of steak, which almost has has an extremely low, almost zero glycemic index. Yep. You know, because the pure protein is not going to spike your blood sugar as much. Um, so, yeah, so so this just, you know, going back to the concept is a calorie is not equal calorie. Mm-hmm. Is is that if you eat something that has a higher uh, unsaturated fat content, protein content, uh, more fiber, yeah, okay, is that you're, 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 it's not equivalent to, let's say, eating three slices of Wonder Bread or, or, or eating a chocolate bar. Yeah. Okay, because one, you're not absorbing quite as much of it. Number two is it has all the, the, the nutrients that your body needs to build itself. Yep, the Nat- fi- and naturally. Right, the yeah. fiber that your gut needs, your gut flora needs. And, um, and number three is you're not going to absorb the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... And absorb it slowly, too. That's right, and you absorb it too. slowly. Yeah. So effectively, you're actually eating and... And, and and this is not even going into the whole process of, you know, triggering insulin function, storing fat. You know, that's just, um, I think that's just a, a talk to all of it on, on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so in the past, I would say in this past two years, you know, two, two things that have really came up was this, uh, and gained more popularity is this concept of uh, ketogenic diet and uh, intermittent fasting. Yep. Okay. It's actually been around for a really long time. I remember I f- tried it first, intermittent fasting, I want to say 11 years ago when mm-hmm. I first started CrossFitting and the whole paleo diet was popular and that was, you know, something that came out. So I was like, oh, let me try it. But yeah. Um, it's, yeah, the past two years, it's been becoming more and more popular. And I, I think that's a good thing. Well, I think intermittent fasting goes back even further. Oh, yeah. It, it's even... It, it was around when the first humans were on Earth. Well, I mean, it's or, still... Or our first humanoid. And I always thought, yeah, it was true. <laughs> it's just because we didn't have food available all the time, right? We had to, right. like, hunt and gather. And even a lot of 
religions, they still practice fasting, right. and this is from like ancient times, so it's it's got to be something. Yeah, you know? yeah because as a as a hunting gathering society, is you have to be able to eat and store energy when you can, and, mm-hmm. and if you don't, you have to be able to expend off of your body's in, uh, energy. But but also even ketogenic diet. Ketogenic diet's been around since the 1920s. Yeah. Now this this uh, concept was first introduced as a treatment for for um, uh, uh, epilepsy. Really. Yeah. So so somehow by keeping somebody on a high fat, um, high protein, low carbohydrate diet is that it, it decreased the excitation of the of the neurons. So with the ketones, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 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 with the ketones but but also changes the the metabolism of neurons so that there's uh, there's an enhancement of the inhibitory signals. So so it doesn't fire quite as often. And that's what epilepsy is. Yeah. Epilepsy is a abnormal firing of certain neurons. I think one of these articles was saying something about multiple sclerosis too. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. for maybe? for for yeah. inflammation and we'll yeah. and we'll touch on that. Yeah. So Yeah, so so these concepts have been around for a long time, but I think it's just uh and over the years there's been different iterations of ketogenic diet, Atkins diet. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would argue that it's maybe different from ketogenic diet, but basically similar concept. I think it's the same thing. I don't think about Atkins as I think there was more like products made for it you know whereas right. the keto diet i don't really think there's well, no there's there's products that no, they, they no, no, advertise as keto so yeah no no there's a if there's a diet there's there's a product yeah <laughs> it's all about money no one cares about people's health it's just money if there's a market somebody's gonna come up with something to market yeah. that's that's what i figure you know, so. um except with intermittent fasting I, I, I don't think there's I don't think you really market that. <laughs> I don't I don't think there's anything out there that is marketable because basically what we're telling people is not to eat. Yeah. You That's know? what we got to do. Like, we got to find something that we can market it. Then yeah. We'll, yeah. I mean, we're you, set. I, I, I don't think anybody will pay you money <laughs> to for, not to eat. For, <laughs> to not to eat. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. Imagine, like you. Yeah, no, it's true. It's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ima- imagine paying for paying for somebody to to tell you not to eat. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> well, counterproductive. Well, well, well. I mean, there there are people who are very successful with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they have metabolic centers. You know, center around it. Well, like you said too, food is it's an emotional part of people's lives. So right. If it's an addiction, it's it's just like any addiction. You right. know, so they might. Even like a support group that could help them start intermittent fasting. Right. It could always be something. Yeah. So so if we look at the macronutrient contents of, of these diets, so so this article so it compares um, what will we universally consider as probably one of the highest, uh, the healthiest diet is the Mediterranean diet. Actually, there was something funny I read about this. I was saying a lot of people failed about it because they just add olive oil to their diet and don't change anything else. And they're like, oh, I'm Mediterranean. <laughs> but they're still eating like McDonald's with so, olive oil. <laughs> oh, well, because well, what's happening is that they're, they're, they're eating the same crap. Yeah. And they're not cutting out the, down the calories, and they just add olive oil to their regimen. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then so, so now they have all the, you know, let's say if you're eating 2,200 calories and you don't reduce that, and then you add more oil to it, and now you're eating a 2,500 you know, uh, calorie diet, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, of course, you're going to gain weight. Exactly. You know, you're not going to get healthier. And the whole concept of Mediterranean is 
it pretty much when you read about it, and this article yeah. says you're replacing carbohydrates with healthier fats and right. healthier proteins. Right, right, yeah. So, so if you look at their breakdown, is that so? What makes up a Mediterranean diet is about thirty to forty-five percent of uh, unsaturated fats, twenty uh, percent from protein, and about thirty-five to fifty percent coming from carbohydrates. Uh, but again, to emphasize, is it's not just any simple carbohydrates. Yeah. This is more of your whole grain, mm-hmm. less processed, higher fiber, less processed uh, carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, but carbohydrates also include, you know, your your legumes, your uh, uh, you know vegetables do contain carbohydrates, potatoes, yeah, but, uh, tubers, right? Fruits also mm-hmm. consider yep. is consider a carbohydrate. Uh, so, so Mediterranean diet, if you look at it, is is I think widely considered in medicine as probably the healthiest diet because one there's a lot of studies done through it number mm-hmm. two is that it, it it does uh consistently show a decrease in cardiovascular complications and it's also got a it's not an elimination diet you right. still got all the nutrients you're not cutting right. out carbohydrates for say like things like the keto diet would. right 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 yeah and then if we <laughs> compare this to a ketogenic diet or, or, or what we call a very low-carbohydrate diet. Okay, so, so what we're looking at is now you're cutting down your carbohydrate content, okay, depending on the level you want to cut it down to, to either less than 25% or less than 10% of your daily intake. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these, these plans have you eat anywhere from 30 to 50 grams of carbohydrate a day. So if you think about how little that is, you know, one slice of Wonder Bread is roughly about 15 grams. Yeah. So basically you're eating about three slices of bread per day. Yeah. Okay, which is tiny. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean if you much. look at 15 grams of uh, pasta is about half a cup of pasta. Yeah, but who eats half a cup of pasta? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a cup of pasta. So, yeah. so, so one of the things we, we uh, use for uh, diabetes teaching is we show them the palm method. Okay, the palm method right there. Okay, so uh, the palm method is anything that fits within your palm, you would roughly consider about 15 grams. Gotcha. Okay, so, so this will be 15 grams of pasta, 15 grams of bread, 15 grams of rice, you know, anything, you, you know, and it means like, like a flat amount I yeah mean, it's not like piled, not like a ball yeah. like, like a piled up on yeah. your hands that doesn't count <laughs> but it's like flat this will be about roughly 15 grams yeah. but if you think about it what when's the last time you sat down and ate this much pasta never you know 15 grams of pasta you get this huge bowl that's probably like yeah. 60 grams of pasta yeah, so so yeah. so most people eat you know in one set of sitting would eat you know at, at least a quarter to a third of a pound of pasta yeah Okay, which is, uh, you know... Like four or five servings. Yeah, it's like four or five servings of what would would be recommended. Well, I think that's what a lot of people get confused about, too, is they don't... They'll look at a... I mean, I don't don't even want to say... Some people don't even want to read a nutritional label, but they'll look at a food label and be like, oh, it's low in calories, but they don't look at the serving size. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like four Oreo cookies may be like, you know, 100 calories, but like then they eat the whole row and they're like, oh, it's only 100 calories, but no, that was... Five servings, you <laughs> see. Yeah, and and the way your body processes it too. Yeah, okay, is is again a calorie is not equal to a calorie. Yeah, uh, depending on 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 what you eat. And 
Yeah, and the last thing here is uh, intermittent fasting, or you know, it's, uh, it has different names, different protocols. You know. all, all kind of same concepts. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. but they're the same concept. Basically, yeah. it's allowing your body to fast for a longer period of time, yep. so your body can go into a uh, a more ketotic state. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so instead of forcing your body to continuously store energy, you're going for a longer time without eating, so you can s- start storing. Uh, I'm sorry, start expending some of that uh, energy that you have stored. Yep. Okay. So so this comes in all different protocols. I think if you look on the internet, like everybody has their protocol, you yeah. know, one day on, one day off. I think uh, the most popular one is the eight-hour eating window. Right. Yeah, right, right. Fast. So, so the eight-hour eating window or the six-hour win- eating window, it's called restricted uh, time f- uh, eating or, f- or restricted time feeding mm-hmm. because you're restricting your eating period to a six- to eight-hour period, So, which means you fast most of the time day, and then you eat within that six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. So, so basically all of these in, in, the, in, in the same um, endpoint. Is that you're you're forcing more release of fat into your system? Yep. And then and then uh, you're allowing your body to process this uh, fat into ketones, mm-hmm. which then can be utilized as energy. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So ketones are interesting. Um, in I I think in endocrinology we're, we were always taught to think of ketones as the enemy. Yeah, because of ketoacidosis. Right, right, right yeah. because of diabetic ketoacidosis, mm-hmm. which is one of the, the few emergencies that we actually have to treat. So ketoacidosis happens when your body doesn't have enough insulin. So you start building up on these uh, ketones or keto acids. And without insulin is that your body, without certain amount of insulin, is that your body cannot process ketones. So then it builds up. And then it became, uh, then then your blood becomes acidic. Yeah, you know, pretty so, much. So therefore, the acidosis part. And then once it gets to a certain level, it can be fatal. Yeah, you know, it, it can shuts be down lethal. the brain. Yeah, right, right. It can shut down the body mm-hmm. by being uh, in that acidotic phase. Um, but this, you know, this can happen in both type one and type two diabetes patients. Um, more common in type one, though, right? More common in type yeah. one because in type one. Uh, they have destruction of islet cells, so they don't produce any insulin. Yeah. Um, but, but I think we were always taught that ketones are a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why when, you, when we talk about ketosis, it's like, you know, a lot of people shy away from it. Well, that like, was when I first started hearing about it. And, like, I started doing the low-carb diet and, like, intermittent fasting. And, um, like, there were points where you could actually like, smell the ketones on your body sometimes, right. you know. Uh, but... I remember because when I took anatomy and physiology in college, I learned about how ketones are really bad. And then I start reading about this stuff and saying they're good. And like the brain actually performs better using that as a fuel than it does glucose. So I was like, right. huh. So, and then, so yeah, it, it's, I guess, because they finally did the more research on it that they realized that. Um, and then this article was saying that it actually controls gene expression, which I thought was amazing because. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and, and that's something we'll touch on too. Yeah. Is that there are a lot of physiologic changes that happen in your body by inducing ketosis, mm-hmm. or even just by fasting. You yeah, know, that you, you you induce biologic changes that makes your body more resistant to is, to damage. Which is awesome. Even now with the whole COVID, they were saying on the news that how it improves your immune system. So people started doing it just for that reason, but right. it actually does boost your immune system. Oh, you know, one thing I forgot to mention, we went to the whole macronutrients. Yeah. 
So the typical American diet, so I, so I looked this up. I, you know, I looked this up on Dr. Google. Nice. <laughs> he knows everything. Because <laughs> Dr. Google knows everything. <laughs> so the typical American diet is, is a 2,200 kilocal per day diet. So basically 2,200 calories. Sounds about right. Okay. So 2,200 calories, I guess it's good for somebody who's, active yeah i probably okay. have a little more than that i was I, I never really added it up but yeah but it also depends on your age too yeah i mean and if you're height right. activity yeah i mean yeah. if you're 20 years old and you're eating 2200 calories oh, i was eating that, like eight thousand calories right okay. <laughs> right right that actually could be too low you know because your your, your metabolism's higher as, as opposed to somebody who's in the 40s and 50s yeah. you know uh, eating a 2200 calorie diet may be too much yeah depending on, again, their, their activity level. But their macronutrient makeup, okay, f- uh, 15% protein. 30, pretty low. Right, 35% fat. And, and, and we don't even know if this is good fat or bad fat. Yeah. Okay. But 50% carbohydrates. That's a lot. Yeah, 50. Yeah. And if you imagine 50% of what you eat in a day is considered carbohydrates. Yeah. Right. So, 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 so this just goes to show again is that over the last few decades we have shifted to a very carbohydrate heavy diet. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it's cheap to make those products too, and, and well, they and they taste good. Well, carbs are cheap. Yeah, very cheap. You know, I mean, to to, I mean, if you go to a restaurant, if you go to an Italian restaurant, for 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 them to serve you a quarter pound of pasta versus a half a pound of pasta, I mean, we're talking about few cents yep okay but because of the size difference in the plate is that they can charge you double yeah they can charge you double or like five to ten dollars more because now you have a bigger plate yep you know so so something that cost them like cost them 50 cents more to make you know instead of charging you 50 you know instead of charging you ten dollars they can charge you twenty (laughs) dollars it's all about money So, so, uh, so, so this is why when you, when you, when you look at portion sizes, cause, cause you'll never see the vegetable portion sizes never. being doubled. No, never. Okay. Because vegetables are relatively expensive. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you, when you, <laughs> which when is we sad, <laughs> like we were saying before, if you go to the supermarket and buy healthy food, you're going to be spending more money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but the good thing with, a lot of these dietary changes is that we're starting to see more um, studies that are coming out in these past few years looking at the real benefits of it. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, and, and one thing I want to touch this, and this dear to my heart, is this whole concept of intermittent fasting. Because, mm-hmm. again, I've, I've been doing this now for about nine months. Yeah, you got me on the bandwagon again about, yeah. I think I started a little more than a month ago, I think, right? Right. Was it? Yeah, um, so so for me, I've been doing a sixteen hour fast. Like, same, I've been like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, so I do a sixteen hour overnight fast. Uh, so I usually stop eating at eight o'clock at night. I don't start eating till twelve p.m. the next day, um, and I eat within an eight hour window. Mm-hmm. So this will be the eight hour restricted uh, time feeding schedule, and and I started this um, back in uh, actually back in uh, last summer. Uh, 2019, because at that time I was having, like everybody else, I was gaining weight, I was tired, I was uh, 
having yeah, joint pains. Yeah, your ankles are getting oh, yeah, swollen. Yeah, yeah, I was having these horrendous joint pains in my leg, yeah. and, uh, and I uh, started reading into research because I didn't want to keep taking prednisone or mm-hmm. anti-inflammatories, uh, you know, knowing what type of long-term damage it could uh, cause the body. So, so then I started researching into nutrition, and I came upon intermittent fasting. And, and I thought, you know, one of the effects of intermittent fasting is it does have a very strong anti-inflammatory yeah, effect. So huge. Like, hey, yeah, huge. Let's try it. You know what's funny that you just said that is, um, you know, I've had shoulder issues my whole life, but uh, I, my shoulders have never felt better than they did currently right now. And like I said, because of this lockdown, I'm probably working out too much because I have the time, and I would be dying by now. And just I'll get muscle soreness, but the joint pain is gone. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's interesting because with intermittent fasting, and this it doesn't matter if you're doing the restricted time feeding, the one day on, one day off, two days a week. Some you know. some people are extreme. They'll go like a week. Oh, that's yeah, that's too much. Yeah, you can't go for a week without would, eating. Yeah, I would die. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a love hate relationship with food, but I, but I think after a week, I would get bored. I'll get <laughs> get bored of not eating, <laughs> or I would just be starving. You know. <laughs> But but if you look at any type of fasting, is that what they found is that it improves glucose regulation, mm-hmm. increases stress resistance, and suppresses inflammation. And and what's interesting for me reading this article, so this is a review article from New England Journal of Medicine, uh, again from December 2019, is that um, so during fasting. Uh, what it says here is that cells activate pathways that enhance intrinsic defenses against oxidative and metabolic stress and those that remove or repair damaged molecules. And DNA. Yeah. So yeah. so somehow, you know, just with fasting alone is that it has these effects that it helps with, um, you know, not only decrease inflammation, okay, but it also makes your cells more resilient to damage mm-hmm. because it improves its ability to heal itself yeah, yeah, or to avoid these metabolic damages. So let me ask you a question. Um, I was actually thinking about this as I read this article, uh, just with autoimmune diseases. Do you think that this could be a possible way to treat an autoimmune disease? Or pre- I, I feel like you could definitely well, prevent it. Yeah, well, I... I think it's at the end of this review article, they did mention that they're doing ongoing studies looking at, you know, using it in terms of helping with um, inflammatory conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and interesting enough, it also shows that they're doing this in uh, to help with improved cognitive function. I was just going to read that. Yep. Yeah. It's a... So, yeah, so it, it doesn't seem to just help with um, resilience, okay, in, 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 but somehow some resilience and improvement in cognitive function. Yeah, well, they came straight out and too. said that it actually extends your life. Right. Yeah. Well, to a certain extent. And, and they, um, you know, if you look at these, uh, I, you know, I'm trying to find that article and I couldn't find it, but... Uh, what what defines uh, cellular aging is these uh, 
end caps on your DNA. These are called telomeres. Telomeres, yeah. Right. So as your cell replicates, these telomeres get shorter and shorter. And as shorter it gets, it means that you're aging. Mm -hmm. I always, when I talk to my students about them, I compare it to the aglets at the end of the shoelace. Right. So once that starts to wear away, the shoelace starts to rip apart. Like, right, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so as the telomere shortens, that means you're sort of reaching the end, you know, of your cell life cycle. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it turns out that fasting and sometimes even with ketogenic diets is, is um, it, it somehow looks like it can prolong the shortening of that of, of those telomeres. You know, so it's again, is could this possibly be a sign that it can help with with aging? Yeah, or or at least help you age. Um, it, uh, Age more gracefully. Yeah, what we call graceful aging. Yeah. You know, so less wrinkles, or or metabolic aging. It slows your yeah. metabolic yeah. aging, <laughs> but but allows you better health at an old you know older, older chron yeah. chronological yeah. age. Okay. Yeah, and and all of these effects seems to be independent of the weight loss effect. Yeah, or um, what they're eating. Actually, too, which I found was right. pretty remarkable. Yeah, so somehow it has to just do with the 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 um, timing. Yeah, the the fasting itself yeah, and the ketones. You know, and, and and sometimes I wonder is you know as a society are we just eating ourselves to death? Well, I remember when I first got really into like working out and nutrition, and like oh you need to eat every two to three hours because your metabolism starts to slow. And now yeah. you're reading things like this was a complete opposite. And I mean that's what people were pushing for, you know, and right. that's what they thought was true. And like you know. Three square meals a day, two snacks five times a day. Yeah, and and that that, that was a that was another question I had to consult with Doctor Google. What? <laughs> this whole concept of three times per day eating. Yeah. Okay, so you know, because again, going back historically, if you look at a hunting gathering society, is your, um, you know, you eat when you can, mm -hmm. and if you can't find food, you have to be able to fast. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at a lot of ancient civilizations is they don't eat three meals a day. Nope. You know, I was reading that Romans only eat one meal a day, you know, and usually it's a midday. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's usually around what we'll now consider as lunchtime yeah. is when they will eat their biggest meal. And then that was it. That was their main meal, mm -hmm. you know, depending on, 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 on their type of labor. Maybe they would snack, you know, earlier or later, but they would only eat one meal. Um, if you look at uh, uh, Native American tribes, you know, again, nobody eats three meals a day. They mm -hmm. they eat when they need to eat. Yeah, yeah. Know, which is which is a novel concept. Actually, eating when you're when you're actually hungry. Yeah. <laughs> it actually reminds me of something personally because um, when I was at work, I would just make the same thing for lunch every single day. Right. Because I literally saw lunch as just fuel to get in, to give me energy. Right. Because I don't want to have to think about what I needed to eat and, like, get creative. So it allowed me to actually focus more on my job than what I'm having for lunch. Right. So. And yeah. then people were like, oh, it's so boring. I was like, well, maybe boring for you, but it works for me. So, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. So, I, so, I, so actually this whole concept of uh, eating three meals a day came from the, the uh, English uh, settlers. You know, and and the concept was brought over from wherever they immigrated from. In, in this case, you know, from from England. Yeah. And and it was it was really the aristocrats who actually had the time and the money 
to eat, eat three meals a day. To eat three meals a day. It's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, what you'll learn when you read that book where the food pyramid came, yeah. um, it was actually the food pyramid was based on, I don't know if, a, don't quote me on this, it's in the book. I have, it's been a couple of years since I've read it, but I don't know if it was a Dutch or sweet or something, but it was designed after a peasant's diet. Right. So all the really cheap but caloric dense foods were put at the bottom. So if they were poor, they were able to get their calories in cheaply. And right. if you look at the food pyramid, what's on the bottom? All carbohydrates. Right. So, but, but this made sense back then because the peasants did most of the physical labor and the farming. Exactly. Okay. The, the, the same thing is if you look at Chinese culture, if you look at the people who cultivate rice, you know, their, their diet is, high, is very high in carbohydrates because – 60, 70% of their diet will consist of rice. Yeah. And then everything else is just to flavor the rice. Mm -hmm. You know, that's sort of traditional Chinese eating. And, you know, this makes sense because if you're toiling in the fields for 8 to 10 hours or even up 12 hours a day, depending, tons of energy. depending on the season, you're expending so much energy that you can you can actually intake all those carbs and, and be fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, as, as opposed to now is we eat the same amount of carbs, but most of our jobs are sedentary. And that's, I think, another big thing that's yeah. killing us as a nation is that we've become much more sedentary individuals. Right, because we don't we move, move around. Yeah. Okay, because our, our, our work is more sedentary. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, same in my work. I, you know, most of the day I'm just either standing around or sitting around, mm -hmm. but I'm not actively doing any type of um, uh, uh, labor-intensive work. Um, so, so I think as a, as an industrialized society is jobs become more sedentary. Yep. So if you look at now at the countries that have the highest, uh, growing numbers of diabetes, okay, it's, it's actually India and China. Really? Because these com the, these countries have become industrialized and they're adopting more of a Western diet, and on top of that, they're adopting more of a sedentary lifestyle. Interesting. Okay, because they're, they're, they're doing more um, computer-based work, mm -hmm. service-type work, you know, so, so less of the, the, the manual work that they, you know, factory work, agricultural work that they used to do. Yeah, even just walking. Yeah, so, 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 India, so India has the highest number of, uh, of, of new onset diabetes and then followed now by China. Wow. And the uh, United States is actually third. Yeah, so, it's, so that's interesting is that as countries become more industrialized. They're moving less. Well, they're moving less. They're, they have more money to you buy more calories. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of those calories are coming from uh, calories that are from fast food, candy, you yep. know, that, uh, uh, more, more uh, industrialized type of calories. Yeah. You know, rather than spending that into gaining more whole food. I feel like technology has a huge impact on that too because it's just making everything easier to access. Even with this whole remote teaching that we're doing, yeah. I mean – I mean, it's not going well at all, you know, but some people are like, oh, it's so great working from home. And right. I'm, I, I can't wait to get back into work and actually be on my feet and have an interaction. So yeah. it's scary that we're doing this now and that some companies might see that it's actually working and saving money for them and make people even less active because of it. Right. 
Yeah, because you don't have to move around. Yeah. Every day, you just sit in front of the computer, and that's, you know, that's what I do now. I do telemedicine. Yeah. Telemedicine is basically just talking to a computer all day. Yeah. Talking to a screen. Yeah. Although, I have to say, a lot of patients, you know, say that nowadays modern medicine is really talking to a screen. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you go into a doctor's office, and the, and, and, and the doctors come in, they have their laptop, and then, you know, you're you're talking to them, and the doctor's like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. So, so it's actually in that sense that it actually made, made that big of a difference. <laughs> And and when the article you sent me yesterday too was uh, very very interesting yeah, about yeah. how people are actually getting more sedentary, mm-hmm. and you know during during this uh, pandemic crisis, yeah, and that it's going to take a lot more time for them to get back, you know, into shape. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure anyone who got into an exercise routine for a while and just stopped, you realize it's really really hard to get yourself back into that routine again. And, with that happening, it's right. going to make a lot more sedentary Americans. Right. Because they're going to be facing that, you know, that wall to get over. Yeah. yeah. Life is so unfair. Yeah, really. You know, it's so easy to get out of shape. <laughs> it's so easy to gain weight. But, but it's to do the opposite, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but so damn hard to start exercising <laughs> or eating well. You know, that's the, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I think the most important thing with this, and and I think your 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 sister touched on it too when when you had that interview with her, is that everything had to be in individualized. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, one one thing I thought that was very interesting that she said was, um, you know, her 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 nutritionist like she told her that she wasn't eating enough. Yeah, yeah. And and yet, especially once, protein. She right. She lacked on. Right, but but yet once she started eating more protein. Even though she's eating more calories, she's actually started losing weight. Yeah, so she used to intermittent fast. Um, right. but she just said because she wasn't hungry in the morning. Um, so she did it inadvertently. And then she said when she started eating breakfast again, she actually, yeah, lost some weight. Yeah. So. Yeah, so so that's interesting. Again, that goes to back to a concept as you know, calorie is not always equal calorie. Yeah. And it depends on what your body needs. Yeah, everything's individual. You know, because let's, let's say if you're a very active person, you know, you're an athlete. Mm-hmm. Okay, you 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 exercise, you know, eight hours a day, okay, or you train eight hours a day. Well, if you don't have enough calories in your system, okay, then then your, your body yeah, your poor performance goes down. Right, right, yeah. be, because then it becomes a stress on your body, and then once something becomes a stress on your body, then you start inducing more inflammation. You start inducing more. Um, you know, your, your metabolism changes. You start breaking down muscle. Right, yeah. break down muscles. Yeah. Then you go into this preservation phase where your body tries to hold on to everything to so prevent further breakdown. Start getting a little pot belly. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, like what we talked about, intermittent fasting may not be the best thing for everyone. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think for the general American public, you know, if everybody can do intermittent fasting, that's great. Yeah. Because you don't need to eat three meals a day. Yep. You don't need to eat 16 hours a day. Yeah. Okay. Well, I even told you when I first did it, you know, 11 years ago, right. that's when I first started CrossFit. So I was like all serious about it, you know, and wanted to compete and whatnot. And yeah. my performance was suffering because of it. Yeah. Now I don't care about my performance and I just go slower. But 
I do feel better. I think clear you and I were speaking right. like we get fuller quicker. So we're not right. like stuffing our faces. And so you got to think about your lifestyle too. If you're doing something that if you are a professional athlete that you're moving a lot, it may not be the best thing. You can still try it, but you got to right, just learn to listen to the body. Yeah. But when you were CrossFitting, you were burning a lot more calories. You need all the, you need more proteins and fat for your body to utilize. Yeah, and also, I was also working out like two, three times a day, which is stupid. <laughs> right, but 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 the key is that you know you you needed more calories. Yeah, yeah. So so if you were fasting during that period of time, it may not be the best thing for you to do. No, exactly. Okay, it's um, but you know, again, is like for the general public, is if you're if your job is more sedentary, you're not moving around as much, you're not exercised two, three times a day, okay? Well, in in that case, cutting down on the number of hours you eat may actually be beneficial. I, or I agree. You know, or switching to a lower-carbohydrate diet may be beneficial. Okay, or both. Okay. You can or, do both. Or both. Yeah. You can, you can do both. You'll be miserable, but you can do both. <laughs> I was miserable for a week, but then after the week, I got over that hump, and I'm feeling pretty good now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I should have patients who, who do both. They, yeah. they do an intermittent fasting regimen plus a ketogenic diet, and they lose a tremendous amount of weight. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think it, it takes time for your body to get adjusted before then be- becomes the new norm. Yeah. And you could actually eat a really good diet of, like, good-tasting food on a ketogenic diet, too. So, you know, once you... Yeah discover these foods is kind of makes giving up you know sweet sugary carbohydrates a little bit easier right yeah because there there are a lot of food products and i said if you start eating whole foods if you see start eating more naturally is that you start tasting nuances Mm -hmm. in food that you otherwise won't because your senses are now more in tune with what you're eating yes instead of being overwhelmed with a lot of artificial flavoring a lot of times yep um yeah, and I, I was telling you, I was, uh, there, there's this book I have to read. You know, maybe we'll bring it up in a future episode. Is uh, it's called the Dorito Effect? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so what, what's what's it about? It's, it's, I just love the name. I'm going to read it just for the name. Yeah, yeah, Dorito Effect. It, it's, it's it's about how the food industry. You love Doritos, by the way. Yeah, I love Doritos. <laughs> that, that's why we don't buy them. <laughs> but 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 Dorito Effect is it, it, well, basically, it's about the food industry changing um adding artificial flavoring to food to, okay to make these food items more, more even addictive. Artif- even artificial coloring too that's a big right. thing too right right and 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 i and i think one of the things that you know you know one uh, one of the things of why i stop eating um or stop eating as much doritos is i actually read the the label you know and one of the you know one one of the ingredients in there is msg yeah, you know, he was like, "Why? What? What do you need MSG and chips?" But I, my whole theory was, if you're reading the ingredients and you can't pronounce anything, probably you shouldn't be. Eating. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 it's the same thing. And I was talking to uh, Dr. Luna, and she was saying that if you read the ingredients and there's more than four ingredients on there, you just put it back on the shelf because yep. it's probably not good for you. Yep. <laughs> but it tastes so good. You got to make those uh, the zucchini Doritos <laughs> I, I sent you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think you know, I, 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 I think in the end is, you know, this is this is why it's important to, if you're making any type of lifestyle changes, you know, this is why it's good to seek 
professional opinions yeah. or consultations, you know, seeing a nutritionist, you know, talking to your trainer. Mm-hmm. Because one, you have to determine what your activity level is. Okay, you have to you have to determine what is the optimal amount of calories you would need to ingest for the type of lifestyle. Exactly. It's all about lifestyle. It's really what right. it comes down to. Right. And and the other thing too is you you have to know Okay, let's say even if you they decide you need a 1600 calorie diet, well, again, is you want to fill these 1600 calories with something that is beneficial for your body and nutritious, not just simple empty calories, right? Yeah, right, right. So instead of eating 1600 calories of candy bars, okay, you're getting your your, your vegetables, your fruits, your proteins, your good unsaturated fat, and mm-hmm. so, so, so this is why it's important to to consult with somebody to help you balance these things out. Yep. Okay. Um, and it's, it's really changing the, the concept. Okay. I, I, I think, I think here in the United States is that we get caught up in this concept that we're, that a lot of people are, are eating to lose weight or eating to diet. You know, they, they well, have an end goal. We even spoke about that word diet should just be eliminated from our, vocabulary right. because it's it's right so diet's meant to be temporary so this is a lifestyle change. right so 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 when you change your your eating behavior your eating style it's 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 really you're you're eating for health mm-hmm. okay you're, you're 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 eating to be more to be metabolically healthy to reduce that inflammation in your system and then once you achieve that you know, once your body's starting to get the nutrients it it needs it's getting the number of calories it needs and you're starting to reduce the inflammation in your system, well, that's when the weight comes down. Yep. Okay, that's, that's when your insulin resistance decreases. So, so you decrease your overall body amount of insulin. Okay, and that by itself is going to reduce that storage of energy into fat. Mm-hmm. And, and even like two of the big things these people start eating this way is they drop a ton of weight very quickly because of all the water weight that they had that right. their body was just right, holding right. on to. Uh, especially, with yeah, especially a ketogenic diet. Yeah, you know, a lot of the initial weight loss from a ketogenic diet is you're losing a lot of that that water weight. Yep. Um, but but that's the thing is, you know, lifestyle is everything. Mm-hmm. Lifestyle is ninety percent of your chronic disease control. Yep. If not more. Yeah. You know, I, I and and I. And, and, and I try to sort of ingrain this into people, but, you know, as a society, we like quick fixes. Oh, yeah. Okay, this, the, the Americans are very impatient. <laughs> right, right. This is why pharmaceutical companies do well, because yeah. they come up with a pill fixes, yep. you know, that, that fix these things. Is, is, is nobody wa- ever wants to wait six to eight weeks to start losing weight. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 they want to lose weight yesterday. Yeah. So, so, they would, so they'll rather take a pill that suppress their appetite so they could eat a 500-calorie diet to and rapidly lose weight. probably feel awful and have no energy. Right, and they feel terrible. And you can't sustain that. Right, yeah. right. And, and um, uh, same thing with diabetes. Is, uh, you know, sometimes I, I get accused of, of, of peddling medicine. You know, I've, I've patients will come in and say, I'm, I'm, I'm just prescribing these medication because I'm getting a kickback. Well, first of all, I don't think any doctor is getting kicked back nowadays from yeah. <laughs> from medication. Secondly is, well, you know what? If, if you're not willing to change your lifestyle, I have to give you the medication that your body needs to support your current lifestyle. Exactly. Okay, so... That's so, a very good point. 
Right. So, so if you're eating too, so if you have type two diabetes and you're eating too much carbohydrates, and um, you know your blood sugar is three four hundred all the time. Well, guess what? I have to give you insulin to replace that insulin your body's not making yeah. to to be able to process all those carbohydrates that you're eating. Which technically isn't that kind of counterintuitive too, because if they're that's going to be making them gain more weight though, right? Well, it is. It, it is unfortunately, and, yeah, but that's it, also it, making them not die. Right, <laughs> yeah. but it, but but it's but it's one thing is what's more important: yeah. treating the, you know, treating the disease and the consequences of disease yeah. or to start making somebody more you know less likely to die less likely to die yeah. it's you know it's, it's it's a tough choice and yeah. I, and i and i always tell my patients that yeah is you know i always tell them that you know think of it on the, on a scale mm-hmm. okay? and so on, on one side you have medications on the other side you have uh, um, lifestyle mm-hmm. okay well you know it's a balance yeah Okay, if you put more into lifestyle, okay, you put more into lifestyle, well, the less medications you have to take. Okay, the, the same thing. The less you put into me- lifestyle, well, you know, the more medications yeah. you're going to have to take. You can even go with, uh, even with exercising. Like, I have people come to me all the time. They're like, oh, I want to lose, like, like 10 extra pounds. Could you, like, write me an exercise program? I'm just like, what's your diet like? <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's not about exercise. I mean, you could exercise, you know, all you want, but you're eating the wrong foods. You're not going to see the results you need, you know? So, right. Because I would say, uh, I would it say it's, it's probably, like, 80% exercise, 20% diet. Right, and and I was. Uh, I mean, opposite. I'm sorry. Eighty percent diet, twenty percent exercise. I said it the opposite. Eighty percent diet. Yeah. 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 The, well, because after a certain age, exercise, you don't lose weight with exercise because you can't burn enough. Yeah. It's just kind of about maintaining. Um, it's still important because it, you still maintain lean body mass yeah. with exercise, yeah. but you're not going to burn enough calories to to actually start losing weight. It's also, just great for your heart as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I. That's I tell people after the age of thirty, you can exercise all you want, <laughs> but if you don't change the way you eat, yeah. you're not you're, you're not going to lose weight, and and uh, yeah, it's 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 tough. Yeah, you know it's it's it, hard to change people's lifestyle, right? It's right. How much they want it, right? Right. It's tough because you you want to eat, you want to enjoy life, but then you have to enjoy it responsibly. Yeah, and even yeah. all the stuff that we're saying, if people do make this change, you could still have your cheat days. You know, it just right. don't make them cheat weeks. Well, it's like you know, having a martini. Yeah. You know, you, you have your martini, but you have we're it responsibly. Dr- we're not drinking 30 beers like we did in college. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised I didn't lose my liver back then. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> uh. yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, so this is something I think we're going to revisit again and again down the line. You yeah. know, uh, something we'll discuss again once there's more literature out about, you know, some of the additional benefits of yeah. it, you especially because both you and I are doing it. So right, right, and they, and and there are ongoing studies looking at using ketogenic diet in um, the treatment of cancer or cancer prevention. I read that, yeah, or right. they they actually responded better to chemotherapy. The ones who right, yeah, yeah, same same thing with intermittent fasting mm-hmm. and 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 restricted time eating is that they're also starting to look at this and seeing well, can it prevent cancer? Yeah, okay, because you're 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 now decreasing inflammation and you're increasing cell uh, resilience. Which all signs point to, right. yes, it can. So, so, yeah. on, so in animal models, you know, it, it looks promising. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in animal models is that if you fast a rat, they grow less tumors. Mm. Okay, but again, it's, you know, translating from rat to humans are, are very different. 
So, so, so that would be interesting to see is do we see the same trend when we bring this to to humans too? I assume we will. <laughs> oh, I guess I guess we're not that different from rats. We're optimistics, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you look at the DNA sequence, it's actually not that big of a difference. Pretty close, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we kind of look like them, so it makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah, so hopefully this will. This is an interesting, you know, exciting field. It'll, yeah. it'll continue to change over time. Uh, I guess as it changes, we'll we'll keep reading, we'll keep updating, and we'll keep doing, and we'll keep doing. <laughs> hopefully that means that over time we will start looking better. Yeah, and you know, and maybe I'll uh, lose some of my gray hairs. Yeah, <laughs> thirty years from now, we're we're still gonna look like the way we do now. Yeah, <laughs> we're like Wolverine. <laughs> But it's always fun. I'm yeah, again. This was great. Totally excited about this. Way more fun. Less way more awkward talking to a screen. Way more fun than talking on Skype. Yep. A lot less freezing. Yeah. Yeah. And and then if you do freeze, it's on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So right. yeah. So I'm hoping to bring more of this mm-hmm. and um, you know get nice days like this. I guess we can continue to get doing our socially distanced outside recordings. Yep, and hopefully it won't be that much longer. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. Take care. Cheers. Have a go, everyone. Stay safe. Yep, stay safe. Cheers. <laughs>